0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The message for this day, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost rises up out of that appointed gospel reading read just now, Jesus' parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Let us pray. As you, Lord, have lived for others, so may we for others live freely have your gifts been granted freely may your servants give yours the gold yours the silver yours the wealth of land and sea we but stewards of your bounty held in solemn trust will be amen it is a beautiful fall morning out there Finally, right after summer heat and humidity, it is a glorious morning out there. Life is uh, full of inequities, isn't it? At times we feel that on a very personal level. Sometimes we see it with entire people groups around us. We speak of the haves and the have nots in the world around us. The haves, as you well know, are those with wealth, power, position, influence. The have nots are individuals or an entire group of people who for a variety of reasons are without these things. Political leaders, if they are wise, will look for solutions to address these deep-seated injustices among us. But it remains a big challenge, and left unchecked, unresolved inequities and injustices foment discontent and civil unrest, even as we see this happening in our nation today. Today's scripture lessons, all of them, the Old Testament lesson from the prophet Amos, Psalm 146, the epistle reading from Paul's letter to the young pastor Timothy, the words of Jesus in the gospel lesson, they speak to issues that may make us squirm, misplaced priorities idolatry, love of personal comfort at the expense of others, the call to do good to those who are in need. Do we see Lazarus at the gate, our gate? That becomes the theme for the message this day. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word, for jesus sake at the heart of this parable is a story of rejection and that may sound cruel may be hard for us to hear the rich man Rejected that poor man who was dumped at his gate so obviously and desperately in need of help. And in so doing, the rich man rejected, turned his back on his God-given duty given through Moses and the prophets to care for the poor. And in so doing... He rejected God himself. His personal ease, his comfort, these were more important to him than rendering assistance to another. And because of this continuous callous indifference, the man is rejected by God. Sounds pretty harsh, right? Let us remember though We are judged not by our standards of God. We are judged by God's standards for us. All of this, my friends, is a call to repentance, to turn from the sin, which is our natural inclination to turn in on ourselves, shutting people around us out, and turn to God while there is time. Note the irony here in this parable. We don't even know the name of the rich man, which is unusual. Usually it's the haves. We know who they are, but we know the poor man's name, Lazarus, which is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Eleazar, which means my God helps. When nobody else steps in to do the right thing, when everybody else hangs back and doesn't help, God steps in to help. That rich man who led this very self-focused life while he lived now finds himself in Hades where he calls on Father Abraham to help him. But note, it's still all about him. He looked at Abraham and Lazarus is really kind of his personal servants, his errand boys to do what he wanted. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Send him to my father's house to warn my brothers. Really? Here's the thing, it is not enough to claim Abraham as your father. It is not enough to claim Martin Luther as your reformer. It is not enough to claim Jesus as your savior if you do not do what they call you to do. John the Baptist rose up and condemned the people of his day for this very thing, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And don't begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these very stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the ax is laid to the root of the trees and every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Can it be any different for us today? Our hearing of God's word, the law which condemns us because of our sin, the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ, which proclaims to us forgiveness and life and salvation because of Jesus, and how he has fulfilled that law in our behalf, this must lead to a living and an obeying of that word in our lives. Please understand, this is not a got to, this is a get to. What do I mean? Our response to God's call to live out the truth of his word in our lives Even that is not anything we can take credit for. That's the work of the Holy Spirit who calls us, who keeps us in this one true faith. And so our response to God's call to live out the truth of his word, it's not some effort to rack up points and get in good with God. We don't operate from an if-then understanding If I'm good enough, if I do enough, then God will have to accept me and and love me and forgive me. It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. How do you know when you've done enough? How do you know when you've been good enough? You never do. We're left in this constant state of wondering. Maybe yes, maybe no, I don't know. We operate from a grace-based because, therefore, understanding. Not an if-then, but because, therefore. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because of that, therefore, I am set free to love God in return and serve him by serving my neighbor, not because I have to, because I want to. Not a got to, but a get to. Because of all that God and Christ has done for me, Therefore, I see all of life as an opportunity to join Jesus on his mission. Doing good in Jesus' name. Because of what God and Christ has done for me. We say with Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. This means, my friends, I am looking for opportunities to live by faith. This means that I see my possessions, my family, my work, my health, my time, my relationships, not as ends in themselves but as means to a higher and greater purpose in life. All of these things are gifts from God for us to manage wisely and faithfully so that others may be blessed through me and you and God may be glorified among us this means that my eyes and your eyes are now open to see Lazarus at the gate my gate your gate and to respond as God in Christ has responded to us with compassion, with mercy, with grace. Reality is life will always be full of injustices, inequities, unfairness. Jesus tells us the poor you have with you always. No matter what the circumstances may be though, we ought not to expect others to do for us what God calls each of us to do. We've got government, we've got elected officials, we have service agencies, which do indeed address the needs of those in need. But that doesn't excuse you and me on a personal level to respond to need when we see it. Can't walk away from it. How do we join Jesus on his mission when we see Lazarus at the gate, our gate? It becomes an individual opportunity for each of us then to do good in Jesus' name. Here's an old Latin phrase. Dum tempus habemus apiremur bonum. While we have time, let us do good. Hundred years ago, right now, much of Europe was engulfed in the war to end all wars, as it was called, right? World War I. And with World War I came a realignment of borders and boundaries in that part of the world, including the dissolution of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, which was dissolved in 1918. Otto von Habsburg was the last Crown Prince of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and believe it or not, He died only five years ago, in 2011. He was the son of the last emperor of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Karl von Habsburg. The Habsburgs reigned for 640 years, unbelievably long time. When Otto von Habsburg died, and his funeral took place on July 11th, 2011, at St. Stephen's Cathedral in Vienna. There was a funeral procession that drew some 10,000 people out into the city streets. But despite his imperial background and personal credentials, Otto von Habsburg could not access his final resting place in Vienna's imperial crypt. When the funeral procession came to the door of the Capuchin Monastery, the master of ceremonies knocked on the door, announced his arrival using Otto von Habsburg's imperial and other royal titles. He was refused entry by the friars saying, we know him not. Again, the master of ceremonies pounded on the door, this time reading off all of the academic, all of the political achievements of the deceased. Same reply came again, we know him not. Again, a third knock on the door was met with the question, who seeks entry? And the humble confession was given a poor sinner named Otto, and the heavy iron bound doors swung open to admit his coffin. My friends, in truth, at the end of the day, at the end of our life, at the end of the world, we are all poor sinners who come into the kingdom of God, not by our background, not by our credentials or achievements or accomplishments. We come into the kingdom of God only by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. We are all Lazarus at the gate. Now, having the heard the word of God, what is that word of God now calling you to do. What is the takeaway for you this day? I can't answer that question for you. You have to struggle with that. The sermon has been preached. It has now been heard. It is yet to be lived in each of our lives. Recognizing that we are all Lazarus at the gate while we have time. Let us do good. In Jesus' name, amen.